0: Hallelujah. I want to talk today about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And mostly we'll just camp in looking at what he does in the life of Jesus and then a little bit here in our life. And uh, just go ahead and say this there are no lost causes because we'll get to that at the end. <laughs> Have you ever had a, the thought of, I can't even imagine how God could even do anything there, you know? Well, look at your own life. That's, that's a big deal. Look at your own life. You were well, How many of you were lost cause at one point? The Holy Spirit in action is seen in the lives of various faithful people connected with the births of John the Baptist and Jesus. So when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, I'm looking primarily in the Gospel of Luke and uh, how many of you remember when the angel Gabriel said to Mary, uh, he said, "The Holy Spirit will come upon you." We at we, you least hear that once a year. The Holy Spirit will come upon you." And then it says, "And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore the child will be born. The, to be born will be called the holy the Son of God. Now, these few Scriptures here in the very beginning, this is the same with you and me. When the Lord starts with us, it starts with a birth that the Holy Spirit performs in our heart. That you and I are born by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit puts life into us. We were in darkness we were lost, we were uh, hostile to God, we were alienated from Him, we were disgruntled. There were so many things. But then there comes the moment, and the moment is a spiritual birth. And the moment we were born by the Holy Spirit a, I guess you'd call it like it's not but it would be like a, an umbilical cord from a baby to the mommy that there's suddenly a connection a reconnection to the Lord of life and he begins to have this life flow into us so we went from uh, let's go to the second scripture and when Mary well, excuse me uh, Luke one forty one, and when Elizabeth listen this is so precious and this is so powerful. When when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, everybody say the baby leaped. The baby leaped in the womb. And, and look at this. And Elizabeth was filled with what? With the Holy Spirit. This is the moment where the Holy Spirit fills John the Baptist. Isn't it amazing? In the womb. In the womb. And I, I just uh, I love I just love the gosh, I just I love the Holy Spirit. I love you, Holy Spirit. I love Jesus. I love Father God. I love Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit makes things so, He he causes things to leap in your heart. When you pause, He'll cause things to happen. He touches and bears witness and gives impressions and opens your heart to see and causes you to have understanding you didn't have before. He's so wonderful. Isn't He great? Come on now. we. Need, this is what I feel like the Lord says, I want you to prepare by getting more familiar with the function of the Holy Spirit in your life, that you enjoy one another. Enjoy. I get... Tell you just this last week you know after after sunday uh i i said lord what are you doing what are you doing and two or met two people that the lord was doing special things in their life and crazy stories i won't even tell them to you right now because this is probably going to go for a long time here but um these moments where the, there's this transaction where the holy spirit lets you know i was one one night i was walking along and we were reading a psalm on a thursday night and right here, the anointing came down, and I stepped over here, and I noticed what I was reading, and I thought, I better go back over there, and I went right there, and that that scripture was a word for the whole. You know, it was a word. It was a word from the Lord. You know, He's like, He leaps and and de- and delights our hearts and causes us to see and sense and and have tangible expressions of his love. He is amazing. Most of the time, most of the time, probably just like you, when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I think I made it up. And you know I'm not that smart. And I wouldn't know that kind of thing anyway. I met somebody the other day and I told them a couple of jokes and they laughed really, really, really hard and wanted to know my name. And basically I gave joy. I gave joy away. It wasn't spiritual, but it was funny. It was clean. And then I'm by myself later and the Holy Spirit says, oh, by the way, that person you talked to, blah, 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 gave me all this information. And I went and had a discussion with him and all of it was true. And it causes us to have a heart affinity in the Lord. The Lord, the Holy Spirit loves to do stuff that causes people to sense his love. I was telling, I think I was telling Matthew, one of the things that I do now is when I get the information, I don't, I don't just give the information. I go like this. You know, the Lord, I, I'm, you know, sometimes I'll say, you know, I'm an, I'm an older guy. I got dye on. It makes me look younger, but I'm literally a lot older than I look. And um, God shared this information with me about you. And you know what I know? I know this. He must really love you if he's talking to me about you. You, he really loves you. And the Holy Spirit takes that instantly and puts it in them because when it's personal information about their life and the Lord whispers it in your heart and you tell them, I now take that and make that apart," There's a ministry of the Holy Spirit that makes joy happen in the human heart, doesn't it? Luke one sixty seven and the father of Zachariah, Zach, excuse me, and his father Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Luke two twenty five through twenty seven, there where there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And uh, look at there, it says, then the Holy Spirit was upon him. Isn't that an interesting way to say that? Here is a guy. Jesus is just being born, but we have the identifying of the Holy Spirit being upon Simeon's life, and it says, "And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ." And then it says he came in the Spirit into the temple. I wonder. I wonder if he was scrambling eggs. No, probably not in Israel. He was probably eating some hummus and an olive for breakfast or something. And then going, oh, and you know, Holy Spirit just moved him. And he just heads on over into the temple when the parents brought the child. So he knew the Holy Spirit says, time, I told you, I'm going to show you. Holy Spirit's been active in your life. How many of you love the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life to show you things and to lead you to things that are so precious to him? You got to say, I want that life. Prioritize that life desire that life be don't don't uh this is the key one of the keys to me is don't think that you're inferior that's hogwash there's never an inferiority. See, look, you're designed in such a beautiful and specific and wonderful way that the Lord will do and speak in your life different from mine. Sometimes he'll, there's similar things that you all do, you know, like an impression or suddenly knowing something, but you got to be sensitive to it. You got to develop that. You got to like learn to, hey, you know, and take a little risk and step up. Hey, I could be off, but uh, seems like, and then next thing you know, God's touching somebody. You know, you don't have to be, oh, says the Lord, and get all religious and weird on people. You say, you know, I think uh, I could be wrong, but, uh... and then suddenly, Holy Spirit begins to give life into a situation. Now, the Holy Spirit enables Jesus to fulfill His ministry. Isn't that right? Let's look at this right quick. Luke 3, 2, uh, 3 22, and the Holy Spirit descended on Him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven and said, you're my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Luke 4.1, now see the Holy Spirit comes on him like a dove, and now Jesus, full of the Spirit, full of the Spirit, returned to Jordan, was led by the, led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The whole, here's, the, here's the point of this. This is great. So you're all ready to go. You're ready to do it. And the Lord says, let's go do a test drive. <laughs> Hell no. How many of you know the Lord leads you to places to deal with individual things that you're just not right yet? He doesn't overwhelm you. He doesn't like, we're going to deal with it. We're going to take everything out. No, He just deals with one thing at a time. And He deals with you very specifically until you get that one. Right? But he, lead, he He's he's doing this because here, here's what happens. But it's the work of the Holy Spirit. See, so You know, this is so funny. Sometimes... I remember this uh, when I was working at the facilities department at the church on the way, and I got that book in um, Costco. I was going and restocking all the shelves for this big church supplies and stuff. And I went over and there was this book called uh, by a guy named Bradshaw. It was Bradshaw on the family. And it was all about uh, something that he'd done on PBS, a special. and had to do with being a, what dysfunctional people were like and he began to describe like what it was like to be an adult child of emotional abuse. And he had these lists of things in there. You know, each one he'd have a different list of things. And I started to read it. And I felt like I was going to break apart because I began to see who I was. And the Holy Spirit had this moment. So I got back in the truck. I'm driving back and I literally hear a little boy start to cry. And it's me. I have to pull the truck over by the side of the road. And and I hear this little, I don't want to say what I was saying, but I was crying out because it was pain. And as I was basically, I heard, I'm listening to this cry, you know? And and I learned through that, that the whole, see, I thought, if it's pain, rebuke it. No, if it's pain, partner with it and get healed. The, the And so there was this, the Lord says, I'm going to lead you to moments where damage has occurred. And I'm going to cause you to kind of sense that all over again. You know, are you there? How many of you have done that with you? Come on. Some kind of a thing happened and you just need to, to grieve the loss that occurred there. And then the Lord comes into that place and helps you begin to be whole in an area. And so something where the adversary stole it or, or you, somebody, something happened where your, your heart had an expectation and it wasn't fulfilled, love didn't manifest in the ways you're, you're a little kid and you got all this deficiencies and stuff and the Holy Spirit says, um, I'm going to lead you just like Jesus. I led him into the wilderness. I'm going to lead you to those wilderness places in your life, but you're going to overcome. And just like the devil came to Jesus and said, if you're the son of God, this is where all your doubts are. This is where all your doubts are about who you are. He's going to come and he tried to mess up your identity there. right? Is that right? I'm going to, so he says, "I'm going to take you to that place and I'm going to the wilderness areas of your soul, and I'm going to actually heal your identity, so when you come out of there, you're going to have the spirit of God on you in a whole new way. Right? How many of you have you discovered that when the Lord does something powerful and deep in your life, that that becomes a resource for others? Hello. Well, if not, maybe I'm the only one. I no, was just okay. So look at Luke, uh, Luke four fourteen, and Jesus returned after that temptation time. He returned in the power of what? Of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's ministry. He turned the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and report about him went out through all the surrounding country. And so, this is the Holy Spirit. It's good to look and see what the Holy Spirit does in the life of Jesus, and see how that's mirrored in how He deals with us. And I've loved this next verse so much. Luke 4.18. It is so packed. And it's, uh, it's a, a copy a bit of Isaiah 61. It says, When Jesus went in and declared in Nazareth, He founds a scroll, He opens it up, and He proclaims, Everybody say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. See, now this is an amazing thought. But the Spirit of the Lord is a designation. The Spirit of the Lord means the Lord that overlords every other spirit. It's the Spirit of the Lord. It's the Lordship Spirit. The Lordship Spirit. The Spirit that overlords every other spirit is upon me. There's no contest. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And He has anointed me. Proclaim good news to the poor. He sent to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed. Now, I want to tell you something. The Lord delights for you to be filled with the Spirit. The Lord delights when you're hungry for Him. The Lord delights when you respond to the Holy Spirit. The Lord loves this. He just loves this. In John three thirty four thirty five 35, it says, For he whom God had sent utters the words of God for He gives the Word, or excuse me, gives the Spirit without measure. This is an amazing thing. Now, we get in measure, we get measures. But Jesus functioned in the Holy Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things in His hand. So uh, then after this occurs, and I, I don't, I have the reference up here, John 4, 31 through 44, but I just want to uh, look at some of this I'll just kind of read through it. So he went down to uh, Capernaum City Galilee and he was teaching them on the Sabbath and they were astonished at his teaching for his word possessed authority. So now there's an aspect of the Holy Spirit where there's authority in the words that Jesus is saying. Then, you know, it's a really amazing thing. When you and I are having a conversation with somebody and uh, it's from mind to mind and you're being, you know, you're positive, you know, you're being uplifting. And then the Holy Spirit steps in. And this is how I kind of learned it. If you are a positive person and say complimentary things to people, that your tongue now prepares a runway. And then the Holy Spirit, anytime he wants, he says, well, since you're being positive, I'll go ahead and have the plane take off. And the next thing you know, you're saying something and it's not out of your mind. It's out of your spirit. And instantly, everything in the conversation is different. Because now it's extremely interesting. Because you're speaking to the spirit of a person. And that is the authority of the Holy Spirit touching their life. It's inside job now. And when Jesus spoke, it was an inside job. There was authority in the word of God when He spoke. It had um, uh, people. Nobody talked like this before. Never heard a man speak. No. no, like the old King James. Never a man spake like this man. <laughs> when do, when are the those 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 uh. uh temple guards came to get him they came to arrest him and take him back to the pharisees and they were dumbfounded because his and they came back how come you didn't get him There's never a man spake like this man <laughs> they couldn't touch him their hearts how am i went on the road to emmaus when he turned to the and, the and the they said did not our hearts burn within us when he shared there's something that touches the heart when you have the Holy Spirit manifesting in your life to touch people. And then here's the next part. It says, in the synagogue, there was a man who had a, a spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out and said, ah, what are you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him. Be silent. Come out of him. I, this was really interesting. Uh, we were, let's see, Glenn was there. There were several of us uh, at the... Um, teleos man conference in um, Maryland. And uh, Larry Titus was leading the group and he said, okay, now uh, just, you know, as we were praying and all this stuff, he says, now go ahead and turn and minister to people. And there was this handsome guy, a young black man, and uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, cast rejection out of him. The Lord didn't invite me to pray with him. The Lord told me to cast it out. So I said, can I pray with you? He said, yeah. I said, rejection come out of him. And it came out just like that. And he goes, he was like, what did you do? What happened? And uh, he told me, he said, he didn't think he had any rejection. He said, when I said it, it was his mind didn't make any sense of it, but then it left him And the love of God began to pour in. You know, the rejection will block the love of God. And the love of God pours in. He goes, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And he says, who are you? What did you do? How did you do? I I said, I just did what the Lord said to do. I said, tell him to leave. And he left, you know. And uh, he was like, oh my God. Oh my God. And then the Lord showed me, this is the spirit that stopped him from getting married the Lord just said, look, there's a whole lot of other things that this is ramifications in this, your life. he gone through relationship after relationship. He couldn't get married because of that demon. So anyway, the, the, the part of the Holy Spirit's man, manifestation is this authority help people who are demonized, right? Aren't you glad? At least, you know, give me once, throw me a bone, you know. <laughs> Aren't you happy? This could go, I, we have a little time here. We can have fun. Okay. Um, so anyway, he said, be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, uh, he came out and having done him no harm. And everybody was amazed. Says, what is this word for the, uh, with authority and power, he commands unclean spirits to come out. And this is all after the Holy Spirit has taken him into the wilderness, come back, filled him up, has a new level of uh, immeasurable power. He's been proven, Right. So he starts off. He's birthed in the Spirit. He's tested in, by the Holy Spirit, walking through that. He's empowered by the Holy Spirit, and now he's functioning and flowing in the authority of the Holy Spirit, in word and in deed. Hallelujah! And then uh, Simon's go to Simon's house. His mother-in-law has a very high fever, and uh, he basically rebuked the fever, and it left. When you rebuke something, it's an entity. It's a it's, It has a personality. So the fever was a probably a spirit of infirmity. And it left her and she rose up and began to serve everybody. And then the sun was setting. And so all of this happened. And of course, all this faith is manifesting in all these people. Now they're bringing, it says they're bringing the sick with various diseases brought to him. And he laid hands on them and every one of them. And they healed them. And the demons came out of many crying, you are the son of God. And he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because... They knew he was the Christ. So, all of this is manifesting because Jesus has been filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's the point Jesus didn't do anything without the Holy Spirit doing it through him. See, he came and he emptied himself of the privileges of God. He said, I'm going to set aside that and I'm going to completely rely upon whatever I hear the Father. And how does he hear the Father? He hear the Father through the Spirit. Whatever I see the father do, he'd show him stuff. He'd said, you know, here's a bunch of people all around that pool. And he goes up to one guy, been there 38 years. But this, we just looked at the time, he's healing everybody. So there's just different being led. It's never going to be the same way twice. I mean, mostly, you know, I don't know. Okay. All right. The Holy Spirit through prayer affects Jesus's ministry. Even though the Holy Spirit's not mentioned, just repeat this with me. Holy Spirit helps you pray. He helped Jesus pray. So Luke 6, 12, in the days when he went out to the mountain to pray all night, he continued in prayer to God. Luke 9, 18, now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and they asked uh, who the crowds would say that I am. In the midst of this time, he's praying alone. He's with his disciples, but he's sitting there praying alone, and he gets a word. He gets an understanding. He turns, hey, you Let me just say, when you spend your life with a relationship with God in prayer, you hear more stuff because you're in conversation. You're talking. Luke 9, 28. Now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. Now there's one other thing, and then this is going to hopefully just be what it's supposed to be. But this is the thing that happened uh, last This jumped out at me because last Sunday, when the Holy Spirit began to sweep through and touch our hearts, there was a, I wrote about it. I don't know if you've read that little page, but I I wrote that whole experience down. There was a very gentle, very, very gentle, very distinctly gentle, but powerful. So it was not like a I mean, it was like the more you got quiet, the greater the the greater the work of the Spirit. It was like you get more quiet, more gentle, and he began. And he was taking pressures, and the pressures were from discouragements, from disappointments, anything that had accumulated over a period of time. Uh, the Lord is saying, I'm going to take this off. And here's what he was doing. It He says, I'm taking this away because this has become a distraction to you. And I'm going to wash it all away. I'm going to wash away everything that's been a distraction to you so that you can have single-hearted focus on me for this next season that I'm preparing you for so I'm praying in this. I'm praying and I'm doing, you know, we're, we're ministering that idea. And then, the, then we threw out the idea, hey, everybody, how many of you want to do what Jesus did is the Holy Spirit is already working. Don't you want to go and do what he's doing? Partner with him. Don't try to go figure out something else. Go partner with the Holy Spirit. What are you doing, Lord? And the Holy Spirit begins to show you stuff. And I want to build our whole ministry out of that. That's what I'm praying now. This is the season I'm in. I'm saying, Lord, show us show us i don't want to be reactionary i want to be very you know you know proactive with partnering with the lord in what he's doing amen and it's then i got up monday morning and when i got up monday morning there was this profound sense that the holy spirit was saying i want you to be filled with joy i was sharing with the leadership this morning years and years ago I was at the church on the way, Heather and I were there, and uh, Pastor Jack Hayford had shared that the Lord spoke to him and said, Jack, I want you to have more joy. And as the senior leader, the Lord said, I want to affect the atmosphere of the place. So I want you to have more joy. Now, I didn't really sense it that way, but I realized, you know, when you've been around and you've seen God work in men of God and different people, you kind of say, maybe he's kind of doing this with me we've been through some battles hello and the lord says shake it off and i i was going to preach on that whole thing with david where I, everything got stolen and he just went out and strengthened himself in the lord and sometimes you just got to stir your own soul up and the holy spirit was making it real easy for me and this whole message flowed out of last monday this moment where he just said here and so i went downstairs and i got my spirit-filled life bible and I just felt close with the Holy Spirit. I felt like a new, a new season. And so I'm, that's why I'm talking about this today. Just lift your heads with me, would you? Holy Spirit, come upon each one here. I pray that there would be a disconnecting with anything that is the value of the world. It would be broken. And only the values of the kingdom would flow into the heart that there would be an animating work of the Holy Spirit to bring us to a sense of new, joyful reliance in partnership with the Holy Spirit. That we would participate, as we talked about, divine power, that we can participate with the divine nature. Holy Spirit. Wow, let's go ahead and praise Him a minute here. Hallelujah. Whew, Show sure, praise you, Jesus Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I feel like preaching that message again from last week. The divine power that brings, releases our partnership and our participation in divine nature. And that we're just decrepit little old. Now, I'm, this is not being negative. This is just the nature of being an earthen vessel. An earthen vessel is not a golden vessel. An earthen vessel is the low-cost oil lamp down at the thrift shop that barely holds together. But what's valuable inside of it is that reservoir of oil. That the excellency of the power would be of of God and not of us. And that that light that comes forth out of these fragile vessels. Because we are fragile. And we get to participate in the things you know what? As I'm talking, there are a couple of you, maybe all of you, there's a hunger. Let's go ahead and take a moment and say, Lord, I have a hunger to participate with you. Just lo- let's say, I want, to, I want you to lead me. Help me. Help me get out of the way. Help me respond. Help me hear your voice in the midst of the clutter, in the midst of the activities of life. It is my desire to hear you and to respond to you, and to walk with you, and to know you, and to be a messenger of yours. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. So the Holy Spirit spreads this joy both to Jesus and the believers. Everybody say, Holy Spirit. Joy. And here's one way He does it. Luke 10:17. Uh, this is that time when Jesus sent out the 72. He says, I'm sending out 72, and they return, they return with what? joy why in the world were they full of joy because they had been given this assignment and Jesus said go out and cast the demons out like I've been doing and heal the sick lay hands on sick and they come back could you imagine they're out there just two of them going okay you want to say it or you want me to say it in Jesus' name, come out. And the demon leaves and goes, Oh my God, oh my God, even the demons are subject to your name. And they're coming back with joy. There's 72 of them, and they all had uh, the adversary uh, routed for, from people's personalities. And so, Luke 10 21, this is where the joy comes again. It says, In that same hour, he, Jesus, look at this, in the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, In the Holy Spirit. He rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you there are moments when the Holy Spirit just wants to pour joy. and It's just you and Him. It's you and Him. And you go, oh, that was so good. He goes, yeah, it was. It? Oh. And it's not crazy. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the gift of the release. It's the joy of the relationship. And Jesus is in the same way. He just rejoices in the Holy Spirit. He looks up and he says, Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. He's bubbling up with this joy going, Oh, look, all the wise people are stuck in their ways. And you give these little kids of mine the power of my name and they go out and they command the devil to leave and he does and they're thrilled out of it just thrilled hallelujah and then of course the very last part close to the last verses of luke it says uh, luke twenty-four fifty-two 52 through 53 and they worshiped him and returned to jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing god hallelujah how many of you joined us so far Hallelujah. Okay, here we go. Can you ever, have you ever thought that a person is too far gone for God to help them? Have you? I have. I see that almost all the time. That's why I don't watch the news. <laughs> but I pray because God can do anything. That was, a, that was funny. I even I'm laughing at that. Have you ever seen a situation that looks utterly hopeless? Come on now. Well, this is where the ministry of the Holy Spirit is essential. Okay, here's what I want to talk about just for a minute we're going to go into the ministry of uh, Paul for a second and this is really unique Uh, this jumped out at me and so I want to take you on a little journey here for a minute everybody say okay let's go with the pastor to the Isle of Crete here we go we're gonna go to the Isle of Crete now uh, there's this unusual verse in in the uh, it's really strange in fact um, my um, professor in college, uh, he's, I don't know if he's still alive, but Dr. William Menzies wrote uh, the book on the history of the Assemblies of God. And he became like a spiritual father to me in the college. I was the only, I get this, I'm the only guy in the history of his whole life. He told me this later when I saw him somewhere else out at the church on the way. He came out from Missouri out to California and he, we met up again. And he said, you were the only student that I ever co-signed a <laughs> to get a phone in the rental. He co-signed for me. And he's like, if he doesn't pay that, I got to pay that. He said, you were the only, only student that ever came and looked at me genuinely and said, would you help me do this? I said, yeah, you know. And he like co-signed. And he said, you didn't let me down. And he had a struggle with this verse. I remember one day in class when it, look at this, um, anyway, here's the, this is uh, in Titus 1.12. We're told about the character of a group of people who live on the Isle of Crete, and there's a rather outrageous statement made by one of their own. It says, One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Now, Paul is quoting Epimenides as a well-known Cretan poet of the 6th century B.C. who was regarded as a prophet to his countrymen. And uh, to illustrate the reputation of the Cretans to the ancient world, to Cretanize was an expression means to lie. So their culture was it's like in Corinth. Corinthianize means to fornicate. <laughs> That's a different culture. But Cretanize means they're all liars, always. So to be a Cretan is a liar. And then the very next verse says, says this, Paul says, this testimony is true. So you got a culture of people that look like nobody can help them because they're always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. And he says, and this is true. Their countrymen said it. They're prophesied over them. They all agree. And you know why he sent Titus down there? They had a move of God down there. And they'd preach the word. And they had set up elders in these small groups and his assignment was to go find person, people with certain qualities out of that group and make them spiritual elders over these little groups like this is amazing how if I say ministry of the Holy Spirit how many of you have had areas in your life where you were just so stuck what happened how did you get unstuck Ministry of the Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. What did He do? How did He do it? Some, some, sometimes it's just uh, you know, coming in and you lift your hands and the Lord says, okay, we're done with that. Bam, and it's gone. You don't even You just, wow. I'm living different. Isn't that true? Just being under the authority of the Word of God by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, things can begin to change in somebody's life. But you've got to show up you got to be there. So he says, even further in this, it says, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and commands of the people who turn away from the truth. But he says, to the pure, all things are the pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and consciences are defiled. They profess to know God. They deny Him by their works. They're detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. He's like, he's not. these guys are just... How are you going to find an elder out of that group? And so I want to say that this statement always liars, uh, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. I, I would put this under the category of generational sin. The sins of the fathers being passed down, right? So there's something of a, a lifestyle, a mentality, the way that life was with those people in that group, and it was passed down. So what could possibly change a people like that? So anyway, um, Paul knows this, Paul from his own religious prideful background, uh, he knows this, he knows for sure that there's none righteous, no, not one. So when you ever see somebody that's really messed up, worse than you, don't get prideful. There was some area in your life that was probably just like that. And Paul actually identifies this. He says, he writes in uh, chapter three, I'll get to the other part, verse four, but hang on, let me read this other part first. It says, Look at this. This is so beautiful. Paul Paul in ministry. Here he's writing to Titus. And he's like looking at these people. And it's like, oh my gosh. They're so far gone. And Paul says this in all humility. But we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, Slaves to various passions and pleasures. Passing our days in malice and envy. Hated by others and hating one another. Paul completely owns his own sinful nature. So that Titus can say, among this group, except for the work of the Holy Spirit, we're all gone to pot. And so he says, verse 4, put it up. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy. Would you say that? By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Renewal of the Holy Spirit. This word is two Greek words put together. Again to make new again. And it's a deep, it's a, like a transformative, rejuvenatory, restorative word. The Holy Spirit, when you're messed up in your generational bondage, will come and say, This is where I do my best work. And I'm going to rejuvenate, and I'm going to restore, and I'm going to renew you. It's me, God, the Holy Spirit. And I come in and you change. Somebody say hallelujah. And this is the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is nobody is too far gone until God says it is. But the Holy Spirit goes, hey, bunch of always lying, evil beast, lazy gluttons. Hey, we were all disobedient. Hey, we were all hating one another. Hey, we were all in that malice, been in our days all messed up. So I want to jump to the very, very end now. Aren't you glad I'm just rolling by pages? Here you go. Let's jump, uh, go to Romans chapter 8, verse 11 up here. Um, I want to say this. This is where I want to just bring in the reality of the gospel. First of all, for you and me, the reason the Holy Spirit can change us is because Jesus was ransomed in our place, He took all of our sin. There was nothing that you could do or I could do. But he made a purchase. And the currency was his blood. And he shed his blood to make a payment. And that payment forgave us all of our sins. And when that comes alive inside of a heart, that, ki- that loving kindness, that grace, that loving kindness, that goodness of the Lord manifests in the heart. Because the Holy Spirit makes you know that even though you're wretched and wicked, you're loved so much you can't even believe it. And He causes the love of God to overwhelm your own frailty, failure, fragility, and just addiction to everything wrong in your life. He causes you to have a sense of, I've taken care of it for you. And it's nothing you can do. It's something only I can do for you. And when I do it for you, don't you feel the love? When you believe in me, don't you have a responsiveness to the love that I have for you? And then we see the ministry of the Holy Spirit when he raises him from the dead. So it says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Let's go ahead and stand together. And by the way, I think we've had a real enriching time, at least I hope, that you feel that way. I believe that, um, first of all, I've called you to a couple of things, but I'm asking you if you would participate with a new level of joy in the Holy Spirit and open up to the his ministry in your life that that would be an agreement that we would have together secondly as always hell loves to accuse the saints to pick on us to crush us to grind us down the devil is all about you not making it or you having a bad self-image That you don't you believe somehow you're disqualified are trying to lock you into some kind of a sinful pattern that gets you disqualified that's his goal and Jesus is saying hey I took on all of your sin I died in your place and this is basically what he's saying says reckon yourself dead unto sin in me reckon yourself dead it's a done thing in God's mind you go ahead and agree with Jesus Reckon you're because it's a completed work. And he says, And my mortal flesh is dead in Christ. But now he says, The Holy Spirit's ministry is, I'm going to raise you anew. I'm going to cause you to have life in places that you didn't even know you could. I'm going to raise you up. We've worshipped the Lord a little bit during this message. We're going to finish right now. Just lift your heads. Holy Spirit, Come with a renewed work. I pray for the freshness of a renewed joy in the Spirit of God. I decree that renewed joy in the Spirit of the Lord right now. Renewed joy, renewed vitality, renewed work of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, raising us. Now let's praise Him. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah hallelujah oh hallelujah hallelujah blessed lord blessed lord praise you jesus and we and everybody said amen amen